You know the story. A crack of lightning, a mad genius, an unholy creation. The world, of course, remembers the monster, not the man. But sometimes, when you look closely, there's more to a tale. Sometimes, the monster is the man. I dream of a world where hope replaces fear. A world where a murdered man can stand in court to face his murderer, where a crippled soldier, shrapnel in his spine, can be killed, healed, then brought back to life to walk again. Life is beautiful. Now tell me what that says. Death. Thank you very much. I cannot argue with that. There it is, black and white, but with a little applied science. Life. Crack, crack, crack. That was my lightning. <laughs> that was my lightning. Uh, welcome to week two of Bad Movie Brunch. Yay. I'm Luke Taylor here in Chicago. I'm Katie Grotzinger here in Los Angeles. Skyping in for week number two. Yeah. Uh, and today we're doing Victor Frankenstein, the... The brilliant, brilliant take on Frankenstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> so first things first, Katie, I am concussed. Um, yes. And uh, so I hit my head on some stairs at a skateboard shop called Shred Shop. Um, didn't buy a skateboard after I hit my I head. I can't believe it was called Shred Shop. Oh, called, my it God. Was, it, was, it, was, it was very movie worthy. Uh, very, mu- <laughs> very much fit the narrative of my life that I would go in looking for a sick board to shred on and I'd walk out with a concussion. Um, but I, ma- nonetheless, I've watched the- I watched this movie uh, with my concussion wearing sunglasses because I'm committed. That might be the best way to do it. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm committed to bringing the people <laughs> this podcast. Good, good. So let's do it. So, um, I think we should talk a little bit about our background with this film. Sure, yeah. And uh, I'll go first because I saw it first. So um, I, whenever I'm in a new city and I am kind of lonely, and at the time that this happened, I had just moved to Chicago and I was working at a job I didn't really fit in, and I had Tuesdays off. So I would go to the AMC and just watch whatever. And it just so happened that this movie happened to be out. And when I saw it, it was just me and this poor old guy also by himself who just didn't want to see friggin' um, James Bond. So it was just the two of us. And when I saw this I, movie, I honestly thought I was being punked. <laughs> and the reason is that, um, uh, so I'm gay. And when you're gay, especially when you're growing up in a household that doesn't let you talk about it or you don't have any gay role models, there's a tendency to latch onto characters in pop culture and kind of hope that they're gay. And uh, this is usually for fun or sometimes sincere delusion. But when I saw this, I was struck by what I felt was like this really an unrequited love story, like somehow tucked into this whole thing. And I thought to myself, like, oh, no, I'm still like this, even though I'm no longer a sad teenager. And so when I saw it to you and you actually mentioned it before I even said anything, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so happy we're st- yes. Let's start with this. Let's just let's just do it. You know what I mean? This is like I thought we were yeah. I thought we were gonna bury this lead a little and just wait till the the uh like you know the the back end. But no, let's do it. All right. Uh, gay subplot is it there? Or is it our imagination? Um, when we watched it for the first time, I, I, was it the second time you'd seen it, Katie? Or 
Oh, I've, I've seen this movie multiple times. Oh, okay, okay. So you'd seen it several times at that point. Sort of your Batman v Superman uh, in that regard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and you brought it to me when we were living together out in L.A. last year. And mm-hmm. I was definitely taken aback by this take. Uh, I knew I knew the Frankenstein story well. Um, this is unabashedly a take <laughs> on that lore. Uh <laughs> But uh, definitely piqued my interest. I, there's definitely a lot of things I like about it. But one thing I absolutely noticed was, un, un, I guess it's never blatantly stated, but unmistakably mm-hmm. on, my, on my end, I get a lot of vibes that Victor Frankenstein, as portrayed by James McAvoy, um, absolutely has feelings for Igor, as portrayed by Daniel Radcliffe in this film, that go beyond the bounds of assistantship partnership uh you know mad scientist brotherhood it is it is it is definitely like as you put it this may actually be a movie about unrequited love mm-hmm. you know and i was you know i'm glad i wasn't alone in thinking that um do you want to state your case a little oh yeah so it's just like i i really don't think this was intentional within the script itself i uh, I truly believe that this was probably all James McAvoy if it was intentional because just the way he like looks at Daniel Radcliffe, sometimes oh, yeah. it's either like, oh my gosh, you are the most wonderful person on earth. Or it's like, I really want to eat you right now. Oh. It, it really like throughout the whole film and he just manhandles him and seems to like look for excuses to touch him. Definitely. And the way he is like all jealous about Lorelai, Igor's love interest is kind of goes beyond more than like focus on our work and like this is really hurting me inside and I don't know how to handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. The things I, I marked in the plot, because, I, I, you know, that's a really good point about it, maybe not being on, on the page, because when I stop and think about it, there's only a couple things, maybe one or two things that on the page would ever hint toward that. But in the movie, you're right. It's a lot more innuendo. It's a lot more like uh, physical, like, constant physical interaction with uh, Victor Frankenstein and Igor. It's constantly the, the eyes, those crazy, like those crazy mm-hmm. eyes of James McAvoy and who, by the way, and I'd like to dig into it a little bit later, gives a brilliant performance in this movie. He is, ma- oh, yeah, he is magnetic. So he is a fiery comet of charisma with a top hat on top. You know, <laughs> he is, he's unbelievable in this movie, but I mean, we'll just, you know, in my, we'll jump right into it. The, the first, as soon as he rescues Igor from the circus and brings him uh, back to his place, his flat in uh, London, first thing he does is just slam him against the wall. Like, I mean, like from behind, like chin on shoulder, like from behind, slam him against the wall and pin him there. And then he jams that big like syringe right into uh, Igor's hump. And he's like, "Hey, you're not yeah. a true, you're not a true humpback. This is an abscess." And he like jams this thing in there and starts siphoning out the pus from behind as like Igor like screams screams in pain and like maybe pleasure Uh, and like he's like he's like he like he he puts his mouth on the tube on the tube and siphons the pus right out of his hump which is like unbelievable and like then just spits it all not only that but like something that I like have, have noticed before but never thought about how weird it would be is that once he has the bucket of pus, he just throws it out onto the Victorian England streets and you hear a woman scream. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh my God, I didn't even yep. notice it. God, that makes me want to puke. This movie actually multiple times made me sick to my stomach. This movie kind of grosses me out. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, so, so so he does he does all that and he's like, I'm gonna fix your hump. This is just an abscess. And like so he's siphoning it out with his mouth and then he spits it on the floor and then he tosses it out or whatever. And then he goes to like j- like pull the uh the syringe, like the big ass like needle like out of his back and he goes, he's like three, two, one, and pulling out and just like rips it out. And like <laughs> Igor's like, Ah and like like screaming into like the into like the night and stuff like that. That's my first physical hint where I'm like, Oh, that it did not need to be shot that way if that's not what you were doing. Like, I mean, there's no, I mean, like, you only shoot it that way if that's the hint you're trying to give. Um, mm-hmm. I, and so that was one of my first nods. And then um, when Igor reveals, like, okay, when, when Frankenstein's showing him, like, the look at my project, I have these, uh, these, these eyes that when using this miniature little model with electricity, I can make them work and, like, I, I can create, like, life within these or whatever. And Igor's like, yo, you fucked those nerves up and I'm kind of smarter than you. And he's like, he he grabs him by the face, presses his forehead against Igor's for a very long time, and like just like ga- oh, yeah. gazes into him. You know what I mean? Um, and it's he, and he like looks like oh my god, you're my soulmate. It's more than appreciation for another man's intellect. It is it is love. <laughs> it is love and maybe lust, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, another thing we got. Um, so, hey, we're doing good work. Let's go out to that dinner party, right? And uh, as soon as we cut there, like, I mean, like, Frankenstein's like, yo, don't embarrass me when we go out, you, you fuck. And then they go out, <laughs> and then, like, we immediately cut to, like, him, like, screaming at two beautiful women, just embarrassing himself about, like, how babies don't need to grow inside a female's womb. He's like, the key is sperm. He's just, like, yelling sperm to, like, the whole room. And then, like, when Igor sees Lorelai, the girl that uh, from, from before that he saves at the circus, and by the way... If we're not covering the plot in detail, you should probably watch Victor Frankenstein if you want to know what we're talking about. We'll go back. We'll go back. Yeah, okay. But, uh, uh, you know, he runs after her or whatever. Uh, Frankenstein is pissed. Like, he makes makes an ass out of himself and, like, shoehorns himself into an otherwise, like, lovely reunion uh, for Igor and Lorelai, the woman that Igor loves. And then just goes on and on about this diatribe of how, like, I mean, he's nearly reduced to tears. Like, speaking of, like, how beautiful life is and, like, the possibility of cheating death with applied science and, like... He gives her a very villainous glare, like I don't. And then, like, like when we cut away from that, he's like, "I don't think you should see that girl anymore. She interferes with our work." Like, he is so, so angry. The very first time anybody ever draws like Igor's attention away from him, it, it, I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter that it's a woman. I don't think that matters at all. I think the fact that all of Igor's attention isn't on uh, Victor, he does not care for that shit at all. No. And then I've got a. Uh, uh, I've got, like, Igor is, like, uh, you know, he's excited to go to that, like, ball with Lorelai when, like, we're moving into, like, tonight's the night. Like, we're going to create our uh, our monster, like, their model of Prometheus, right? And uh, Igor's like, oh, I'm going to that ball with Lorelai. That moment is, like, really tense. Like, there's a moment yeah. there. There's a moment there where, like, the way that, oh, the way they film it is actually truly brilliant because we film it up close with uh, Victor Frankenstein's, like, eyes, like, right by the camera looking just past it, and we've got... Uh, Igor in the back right, like in the background, like smaller, you know what I mean? And you just watch, Mm -hmm. you just watch uh, as an audience, you get to see his face and like how truly disappointed and distraught about it he is. Why Igor's like, okay, I'm going to go then, bro. And like... And then he shakes him for letting him go because they're in like this weird kind of abusive, like even though uh, Victor tries to justify it, like, hey man, I took you out of the circus. I did a whole, I did a whole My Fair Lady thing with you. Oh yeah. And you, you owe me, dude. You owe me with all of your attention and brilliance and I don't want to share you with anybody else. So it's just like, oh, 
Yeah, he and it said more than once he fancies he fancies Igor as his first creation. Like I gave mm-hmm. you life. I mean, which is just a wildly arrogant claim. I mean, sure, like the, I mean, he did break him out and all this other stuff, but it was all for selfish gain. And like Igor was alive, man. Like you didn't do that. That's like metaphorical <laughs> life you gave him, maybe. And like, but what a weird life yeah. it is. It's a, it's like this weird. Like you're right. It's like an abusive relationship. And mm-hmm. then let's just let's just go there. The breakup scene. Like, do you have anything to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's this moment, and like, oh my God, James McAvoy. I I swear, I I can't get out of my head that this is his intention because for one thing, he has that wonderful throwaway line when um, Igor's like, "Nah, man, I'm I'm gonna go because shit's fucked," and he just goes, "Ah, oh, you're mad. Come." And it's it's just he's just blowing it off. But when Igor gets real with him, he like, of course, does the whole, like, I created you, but then he gets desperate, and you see how just, like, heartbroken he is, and he looks into his eyes, and he's like, desperately, come with me, and, like, he can barely hold it together, and then when he sees that he's not going to get what he wants, he's like, pretend, just roll past that, pretend like it doesn't hurt you, and stomp out of the room like a child. Oh, yeah, it is a hardcore, I mean, like, as breakup scenes go, even, like, that is a, that is, like, one of the, one of the rougher, uh, well-acted breakup scenes I've ever seen on film. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. that's a, maybe that's a wild claim, but damn it, it's a wild movie. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I- I- Igor, like, the, yeah, he stands his ground. He's like, hey, man, you're kind of a psycho, and I've been kind of going with you because I, I do feel like I owe you something in a way since you've helped me out, and I've kind of ignored everything everybody's told me about you because, you, you know, you've taken me in, and obviously there's good in you, and you're, you're doing uh, at least something productive. Like, your science is definitely very interesting to me, but... Yeah, you're right. Like, shit's fucked, man. I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. You're freaking me out. Like, we created that monkey, that chimpanzee monster thing, and it was, it was a soulless monster. You know what I mean? Like, what happens if we do it again? And you want to go bigger and better? Like, I don't know. He definitely does the make, make the pretty girl feel ugly and self conscious. Like, that horrible, like, pickup line that, like, Barney Stinson's always talking about on How I Met Your Mother. Like, yeah, you have to, yeah, he's negative. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, totally. It's like, uh, it's like Kylo Ren in, uh, The Last Jedi. He's like, look, Ray, you're, you're nothing. Your parents are junk traders. They died in a pauper's grave in, in the deserts of Jakku. Like, you have no place in this yeah. story. You're nothing. You're nothing. Please but, just love me. But, yeah. But not to me. Oh, and he just, like, reaches the hand. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck you, man. Like, quit doing this. Yeah, I'm, Igor's like, Igor's the nicest guy. Like, <laughs> Igor is just the nicest guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, of course, when they reunite at the end, it just immediately to that, like, hug, that very strong hug. Like, you it came. Is. I, 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 All I, is forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's kind of like, uh, the moment they break up and stuff, I don't know, man. I think that, uh, I think that's where he goes off the rails for good. Uh, yeah, but actually, it's the arc there, like, when he does come to his senses, when, like, shit is really getting fucked, and uh, he, he does let Igor go, and yes. he gives him that letter where he's like, uh, three's a crowd and all that, oh, like, yeah, yeah, back I have, off. I have a lot to say about I think that. the end of that whole arc is he allows Igor to be his own person. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from this very particular lens that we're watching this at. Sure, sure. So, do you want to, I mean, that's, that's the... Go through the plot? A little bit, yeah. That's what I've analyzed yeah. in the case of and like as I as we said, like as you've mentioned, as I've said before, I do think that there is absolutely something there. I don't think we're inferring that. Um, I think you should watch for yourself and see that, like, you, they may as well. I think they almost should have just leaned into it. Truthfully, I think they should have mm-hmm. just like, 
I don't know if that's what Max Landis intended with the screenplay, but I think that would have been something like you may as well have explored it. You were already doing this weird take anyways and like changing the lore to your own uh, liking may as well. Um, but they dance around it quite well and it, it, it sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you, how would you summarize this plot? We can dig into it a little. We, we can go through, we can go through it piece by piece. Okay. I think would be good. Sure. sure. We can start with that act one at the circus. Oh, where, um, Igor is a clown. He has, he has, his abscess hasn't been drained yet in the most violently homoerotic way possible. And not only is he a clown being kicked in the face by everybody, but he's also the company doctor, which, you know, obviously, despite not having any training or anything like that, uh, but he does, he clearly is very smart and he reads a lot of books about this and uh, he, his big thing that brings him joy, aside from learning about science and anatomy, is Lorelai, the trapeze artist. And in the beginning of the film, she falls and oh, cracks yeah. herself, and she may die if immediate care isn't done. And Victor just happens to be there because he's looking for animal parts. Oh, yeah, he's a Because scrapper. he's a loon. <laughs> and uh, he sees that this girl is, like, falling, and he's like, ah, okay, I will step in. And he's not a doctor either, by the way. He's no. a medical student. Yeah. So even though uh, somebody asks him, like, hey, man, you a doctor? He's like, on my better days. Like, dude, you're not. Calm down. Freak. But they get a – uh, Igor takes a pocket watch from him and jams it in Lorelai's collarbone, which allows her to breathe. Yeah. And then they take her off. And Victor looks at Igor, and he's like, dude, you're not just, like, a hunchback or a clown. You're, like – a doctor you're like actually smart you shouldn't be here yeah you just performed a dry surgery with no like tools or whatever and like like and no no actual training like they both had to like mm -hmm. he put the the pocket watch and that's the first introduction of something they don't bring back till much later in the story the pocket watch yeah oh um, god and like stuff yeah and then like they, they both have to like set the different bones at once uh otherwise you'll puncture her lung it was hardcore and like the way they show that medical stuff in the movie is really cringy because they do like a sort of a x-ray thing where like you they see you see like the the bones and stuff it's like an old-timey diagram with like old writing and like here's what this is and here's what this is and here's what's going on um more graphic than i need but it's like definitely a way to make thing a little spooky if when you're teeping it at pg-13 um, which I, I was surprised to find that it was PG-13 upon rewatch. I didn't remember that. Um, but I guess it is a pretty clean movie, all things considered. Uh, but yeah, that, that, the, the first 15 minutes I noticed of this movie is a whirlwind. And that's something yeah. I really appreciate about this, uh, this movie, at least on the uh, screenplay level is this movie clips. Uh, they're not, they're not wasting a second. And maybe like there's a, I mean, most second acts have like a little bit of a lull, but I'm telling you this movie really moves along like uh, at a great pace. And the first 15 minutes alone are just unbelievable. Like within 15 minutes, we've got, Oh, I'm, I'm Igor. And well, I'm not Igor yet. I don't have a name. I'm just a freak or a clown. And, but I'm also, I've got aspirations of being a doctor and I love this girl and, but she doesn't know me. And then I saved her. And then this weird guy came in and rescued me. And like it turns into like this weird, like action sequence where we're escaping from the circus and the guy gets, ends up getting killed. And then like, immediately we're back at the apartment and I'm getting my clothes stripped off me and dude's siphoning the pus out of me from behind. And uh, really oh, quick yeah. on that note. Yeah. I, well, it is going very fast, but one thing, cause now I've watched this multiple times. So I finally, like this has caught me. If Igor or the hunchback at this point is such a medical genius, how come he didn't know that his own hunchback was an abscess and how come he didn't drain it himself? 
there that is that is one of uh, a few plot holes <laughs> in, yeah. in this flick but i guess if i were to mm-hmm. if i were to defend it i would say that he's been in the circus I, I think he's mentioned he's been in the circus as long as he can remember and he doesn't have proper proper medical tools and uh i think it would be really difficult for him to study his own body especially something like on his own back like it's not like he has anybody else like helping him out i mean he's beaten up slapped like he's just a he's just a clown to them like he can it's all he can do to probably get a meal let alone uh be able to you know analyze his body and like help himself out mm. in my opinion i i that's if i were to defend yeah, yeah. if i were to defend it that's what i'd say definitely and then like after the the pus is siphoned out and we're at like minute 10 you know what i mean it's like oh by the way i have a flatmate his name's igor he's but he's rarely home if anybody should ask you say you are he and it's like wait Oh, what? So like he's liberated Radcliffe from the circus. He's fixed his hump. He's given him a back brace to help him stand normal, given him a room and board, afforded him a borrowed identity for the first time in his entire life. He's a person now. And like, that's the first 15 minutes. Like we are into it. Like it's, it's very snappy and I, I, I do appreciate it. Oh yeah. But another thing that again caught me this time. Well, I think it even caught me the first time I watched it is that it's kind of like frozen when they're like, you can't just marry a man you just met. Like, bro, you can't just, like, move in with a guy that you just met and, you know, work on his weird bullshit with him. Like, that's probably not the best choice. But I guess you could justify it by saying that he really doesn't know any better because it's not like they have the internet in Victorian England before smiles and sanitation were invented. And he's been living in the circus this whole time. Yeah, and, you know, Victor Frankenstein fancies himself as god and not god in like the christianity belief like you know in, in his opinion inferior uh belief system like he he fancies himself uh above other people and i think that's one of the reasons he can't relate relate to people and in some regard and at least from the perspective of igor he very well may be that you know what i mean like who has ever who has ever once taken a moment to like ever appreciate igor and then all of a sudden this guy comes in and liberates him and takes him from like you know hell to heaven i mean it's it seems too good to be true and it is but I mean, mm-hmm. if you're Igor, wow, oh my God, I'm worshiping the ground uh, Victor Frankenstein walks on at this point, and he hasn't really revealed himself yeah. to be—he's strange and like a quirky individual, but he's, he hasn't revealed himself to be like a mad scientist or like doing anything too crazy just yet. Like I would be kissing kissing his shoes, as I as I'm sure Victor would like. <laughs> <laughs> Another element that they introduce in this first act is Turpin, the detective. Yes, I love this. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so Turpin, um, he, in all of the Frankenstein stories, it's always important because this was kind of Mary Shelley's like original whole deal. Right. You have this kind of butting heads between science and religion. Yes. And in this film, Turpin is religion yes. to Victor Frankenstein's science. Mm-hmm. So his whole wanting to hunt down, and it's, he's supposedly supposed to be on a murder case, but right. it does turn into this whole thing like you can't play God, only God can be God, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. It serves that purpose. Yeah, it, it, they get away from that after a while. It's like, oh, we're running for murder. And I'm like, when he meets back up with Lorelai, she knows that's him on the poster. Like, she knows that's Igor from the circus that did that and he's wanted for murder. And like, that goes away. Like, uh, they yeah. come back and like investigate a little bit. Like, nobody's like, oh my, you're wanted for murder? It's like, that, that kind of just like gets buried in the background because it's like we were telling a Frankenstein story and that's not part of it. So don't worry. Um, yeah. But one thing. I love, and I'll just, I guess we can just cover right now, like, Turpin, his name is, because I always forget it. Mm-hmm. What I love about this is, like, for a long time, like, we go through the movie, and there's sort of just, like, 
two sides of a coin, him and Victor Frankenstein. Uh, and we go, we've spent a long time without them actually interacting. Uh, we spent a long time with like him on his own, uh, sort of like the parallel version of Victor and Igor as Turpin and his uh, assistant detective, right? And uh, yeah, oh god, he has a name like Atticus or something, right? And they're kind of. Uh, at first, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I get it. He's just the sane version of Victor Frankenstein. But then as we get through it, I'm like, oh, he's not sane either. Like, they're almost the exact same person in this movie. And it really it really uh, struck me. Um, you know, they're just arguing on two different sides. Like, he, he, Victor so firmly believes that there is no God, there is no religion, there's only humanity, and life is nothing but the result of applied chemistry whereas uh whereas turpin uh firmly believes in uh, a god a heaven a hell a satan uh all of these things uh that you know belief systems have had for you know thousands of years um but they so fervently believe their own side that they are incapable of seeing another scenario and in that way they like mirror one another um and, like, and they, it, of course, all culminates in them being destroyed in different ways. Of course. And, and, and down, all the way down to like, all the way down to like, we both, lo- we both lost a loved one and here's how we changed because of it. And neither, exactly. neither yeah. of it is positive. Um, neither mm-hmm. of them are positive. Cause I mean, like for a while I'm like, oh, he's the same version. But then he, he, he jumps off the rails. Like, uh, he's like, you know what? We don't, we can't get the warrant, but I'm still doing it because damn it. This is like, this is more than, this is more than taking down a man for a murder. This is more than suspicion. This man is creating abominations against the Lord. You know what I mean? This is my duty in my life to stop this person from, you know, creating these, uh, horrid creatures. For sure. For sure. And, um, it, it, again, it all culminates in him just getting his hand brutally mangled. Oh yeah. And so he has to get a prosthetic, which I think is really interesting because it's not natural. Totally. And when you see him again, he's all broken and he's trying just to like mumble his case to the police commissioner. Who's like, dude, you got to take a break. Like you're lucky that you're not totally fired because again, you can't just like barge into some, some place without a warrant and then just cause mayhem. Oh my god, I love the scene when uh we they finally like for a lot for a while in the movie we follow around Turpin as a subplot and it's like here's what I'm investigating and here's what I've deduced and oh, I'm a detective and then like uh I'm like cool, cool, sick. And then like when they finally barge into Frankenstein's apartment and have like that like hey, we're investigating a murder here, man. What do you know about it and stuff? That is such an awesome scene. Uh like yeah, it's uh, like, really tense. Oh, it's so tense and like you but he plays it so cool. Like Victor is mm-hmm. incapable. He is incapable of playing it uh, as cool as Turpin because Turpin knows how to push his button. And uh, at, yeah. fir- at first he's playing it. Co- I mean, Victor's cool as a cucumber. He's like, Oh, this man's come to see if we've sinned. And so like that, like, uh, are there not more in, 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 you know, interesting things to investigate in London? And like, yada, yada. And also guys, I'm gonna be doing a lot of shitty British accents this entire podcast. today. <laughs> uh, but you know, you can't blame me. I'm concussed. So, the uh the the whole like that whole scene like until he finally pushes the button of like hey man uh but you know there's a god and you know and victor's like no there is not like he he that's what really gets him he's like he's so he so adamantly believes that he's right that like he goes off the rails when disagreed with he does it with Vic- he does it with igor a lot too anytime igor is like mildly distracted or tries to question him he just he just throws in that distraction like i'm going to distract you with a shiny object and don't worry about that and uh, it's it's sort of a very interesting to see the dynamic of like Turpin and uh, uh, Frankenstein matched against one another. 
he does, and when he slips up and he says, my creation, yeah. Turpin just kind of like, like okay. grins slightly. Oh, yeah. like, like it's not even like a huge thing. He just kind of has a twitch. Oh, yeah. And then Vic- Victor's like, oh, crap. He knows and he has he to like back down. And totally. then uh, Turpin's like, cool, I got what I needed. Bye. Thanks, weirdo. Yeah, thanks, weirdo. <laughs> I'll be back with a warrant, which he doesn't, but he says it. But um, so going back to the act one, um, when... You mentioned this before when Victor is showing Igor the eyes in jelly that he messed up. Uh, That's the there's this great moment because that's when he reveals that he's a mad scientist. Essentially, there's this great moment where Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. There's just this shot of Daniel Radcliffe and his eyes are like saucers, and he doesn't know how to react as one would do in this situation. And it's not over the top. It's just like it's almost like a Looney Tunes moment. Totally, and it. Kind of gives me a chuckle every time. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, that's how you would react if somebody showed you, like, disembodied eyes that kind of work in jelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when we move into this, and he's like, yeah, um, this is weird, but you into it? And Igor's like, yeah, man, I'm into it. Like, you just got to fix this. And then they just start this montage of meat There's... where he just brings them all these organs from his below layer, which <laughs> Igor probably should have checked out but didn't. Maybe go down and there. Maybe check just, it out. That's what they do before they go to the club and they meet Lorelai with that wonderful reunion and he's a loon and he does the card trick. Yep. And uh, then he's like, we've gotten to the point in our work that we can show our monster yes. to the medical college, which he is all about because he so wants to be validated so bad. Uh, one thing, uh, no, actually, we'll get to there when we get there. So they, you want to talk about Gordon? Uh yeah sure. The that's the okay. that's the uh the blonde like philanthropist dude right who like oh is... no 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 uh chimp the chimpanzee monster oh my god I'm so sorry yeah totally let's talk about Gordon so like yeah Igor has been like like fixing these slabs of like meat parts for uh and like making them work like making lungs pump with air and all this other stuff well, piece by piece and he doesn't know what for right and so he's finally welcomed mm-hmm. into the downstairs layer to find this horrid like mostly chimpanzee creature like this amalgamation of nasty body parts that is the that is the first monster it's the first uh uh prometheus design yeah and um so he's like we're doing it we did it let's go to the royal medical college where uh victor of course is a student so he's like shouting for everybody to come see him and he ends up only getting seven people which is really sad and you know what i'm just gonna mention it him and Lex from BVS would get along so well because there's so many parallels between these two. And I'm really glad that we saw this right after BVS because Victor not only has the daddy issues, he also can't publicly speak and he's clearly a nutcase. Like I feel like him and Lex should just start a bowling league. It is (laughs) unbelievable. It is unbelievable how similar uh, the themes are. Uh, Like especially to watch them back to back like that. Like you said, we did BVS last week, and like the themes that carry over into this movie, uh, into this film with uh, gods and daddy issues, and what it means to be alive and be man and be mortal is like absolutely. uh, That would be you know what this would have been a sick double feature for us uh, had we. It would have yeah. It would have been a really long day. A a very long day, but a perfectly thematic. Um, double feature so yeah so they, they 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 premiere their pro their project they're like welcome to all seven people in this like room uh which the age thing for me kind of freaked me out i'm like wait he's a student like when he brings in when he brings in uh igor to his place and stripping him down he's very quick to mention that he's like you're an 18 year old boy and like i'm a young <laughs> man too and, like i'm like you guys 
you look 30. Like, I mean, at, at least I'm not trying to be, a, I'm not trying to be an ageist here, man. But like, you guys are like, you guys are not 18 and like 21 or whatever. It's just not yeah. possible. Um, <laughs> but so he's showing it off to like the, uh, the medical class and there's like seven people there. One of which like that sniveling, like prick, like uh Richie rich dude. I can't remember. What's his name? Finnegan. Finnegan. Thank you so much. That's an easy name to remember. I don't know why I didn't. Um, and at first, it's, like, not working, right? And they're like, give it a, a more charge, Igor. And, like, he does it again, and nothing happens. And everybody's, like, like all those nasty, like, flies, like, come out of the corroded body. And everybody's, like, disgusted to where to the point where the only people that stay is uh, Finnegan, who's giving him shit, and then Lorelai, who yeah. wants to support Igor. And uh, finally... Wait, they, why would he invite her? Like, she already was like, I'm not into it. The yeah. first time they tried to br- bring it up. It just... Mm. I understand that you want your girlfriend to support your work, but, like, man, she just was not having it. It just wasn't a good idea from the get-go. Right, 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 right. And uh, so that obviously does that goes south, as it must, when the creature is finally animated with the full charge. Like, Lorelai says it, but she, there's that scene where she looks right into his eyes, and you can tell she's just horrified. There is nothing behind those eyes. It is a soulless monster. Uh, and it goes off the rails. And this is, like, the second time this movie dips into, like, action movie territory. Uh, mm-hmm. where like then we have like the big chase scene where uh, Igor's got to chase down the monster and he's like Vic Fra- Frankenstein's like don't hurt my monster damn it like this is the first life I've created and all this stuff and uh, basically they just have to wait till it's winded to finally like uh, kill it because uh, it's you know chasing everything down but even when Igor and the monster Gordon are hanging off like the rail like Frankenstein's trying to help the monster he's not he's not reaching for Igor it's very it's very weird um, a very like interesting character moment to really tell who this person is because even if he is in love and obsessed with Igor, as we know, it it, it pales mm-hmm. it pales in conspar- in comparison to his good work, and uh, that's that's what he lives for. Yeah, um, because he so desperately needs the validation, which comes in uh, shortly thereafter when his dad arrives at his apartment. Yeah, and he gets slapped like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote down in my notes: Victor's dad pimp slaps him <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then that's where, like, we get the first uh, actual on-screen mention of Henry, uh, a subplot mm-hmm. I want to look at a little later. Um, but basically, he's like, look, you're a failure. You you haven't made me proud. You have, you've certainly not made the memory of Henry proud, uh, even though we don't, I guess, if you've never seen it as an audience, you don't know who that is yet. And, um, you know, Igor has that moment where he's like, it's a really important that Igor witnesses that happen because it's very important that he sees Frankenstein in a vulnerable state for the first time in their mm-hmm, uh, totally. courtship, let's call it. Uh, and so he feels bad enough and, and pathetic and thinks uh, Frankenstein pathetic enough in that moment to be like, look, Lorelai just threw down the gauntlet on me and said, if you're my friend, I should stop you from what you're doing. But I don't know, man, you've helped me out a lot. And now I just feel for you. Cause I just watched you get pimp slapped by your dad. <laughs> Uh, your rich ass dad. Um, and he's like, you're not bringing fame to our name. You're bringing shame to it. Lots of rhymes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I think this so, is like, what's up? Well, yeah. And then what's really te- like, God, Igor, they have this moment shortly thereafter where they're like going to, before the drunken build a man montage so awesome. where he, <laughs> so great, where he's just like, um, he, like, Victor doesn't know how to, like, he's so embarrassed that his father, A, pimp slapped him, and B, pretty much called him a failure, and C, just kind of destroyed him where he stood. And he kind of broaches the subject to see if Igor, 
like was listening and Igor is like, oh, I was reading. I didn't hear it at all, just to kind of make him feel better. Brilliant and again, you get that look from, from Victor when he's like, I, I see what you're doing, but let's just move past this. I want to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Like it is like as a moment of true appreciation and, you know, love. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, he's like, well, let's create our new model then because uh, Victor's like chalking up like the model. And he's like, yo, man, this body's got to be bigger. The the way we failed last time is that thing didn't have the, and it was like embolisms in his lungs and stuff. It would have only lived for 10 more minutes had we not killed it. You need two of everything. Two lungs, two hearts, twice the size of a man, like yada yada. And he's like, whiskey? And then we fall into this montage of them just like slamming whiskey and uh, like so much whiskey. <laughs> they're like drinking drops out of the like end of the bottle, just like drawing up this mm-hmm. new diagram. It's like two everything. We can create what we want. And like, <laughs> it's so it's so weird and just like a flat head which is like i think the funniest wink at uh the frankenstein lore and because he was like why and he's like because i like it and i'm like oh my god you're so awesome james mcavoy (laughs) you're so good um he's just like taking the scenery and like a drunk best man at a wedding just diving into a wedding cake and just eating it oh and it makes me and it makes me almost like sad because Deanna Radcliffe does turn in a brilliant performance in this movie but he has to play the straight man to Victor Frankenstein just being like like I said he's just like oh he's a ball of charisma there's there's no way around it like he's he's so magnetic and everything he does is so interesting to me that like I want to watch I would watch James McAvoy in this role or any role frankly he's a brilliant performer do anything because man oh man does he really grab my attention Mm. and so uh, once they once they decide they're making the the real monster the human monster right, uh, that's where we fall into like the detectives like they aren't granted a warrant but they you know they need to find out what's in the basement anyways so uh, he goes in and breaks down into their house right. Right. Oh, and we should mention that uh, this is right where Igor's like after they do the the montage he's like hey man I got invited that ball and then he just goes and has sex with Lorelai oh. and. Yeah. It's the least... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's the least what? It's the least arousing sex cutscene I've ever, ever, ever seen. It is, like, so uncomfortable and weird. And I know it's PG-13, so you can't show anything. But, like, what they do show Mm -hmm. is, like, uh, let me crawl out of my shirt, and here's me, like, with my back brace on. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, you're already doing it, which is awesome. I like that line. But then they, they, like, lay next to one another in very awkward and far apart positions to kiss. And then we just cut to him doing, like, the believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Like, he's just like, he's like, look, man, your boy. Oh, please look on his face I've ever seen. It's your boy. Igor just got laid. How could this day? How could this day possibly, you know, go wrong? And then just like, oh man, they are slamming in Frankenstein's house, and it's all Frankenstein, and they're like beating down the door, and like he <laughs> he sneaks in through the uh, through the bottom, and uh, Victor's like feverishly like he's like, I won't let them steal my shit. Like yada yada, we gotta get out of here. There's a there's a back door exit, and um, that's when they flee uh, in Finnegan's carriage. Uh, to Finnegan's like family's house in the secluded uh, area of uh, Scotland, correct? Yeah, yeah. Right like after the Castle Erskine or something. Right, right after they have that crazy uh, action sequence where there's like a total brawl uh, of the detective and uh, Frankenstein, and that's when like his hand gets jammed into that gear and just totally ripped off, which is like, ugh, it's hard to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad they don't show it in more graphic detail because it is truly, truly gross. Like the screams. That guy's a good actor. Yeah, but, uh, he's really good. So once we head to the castle, 
that's where that's where that's the breakup, right? And Igor's like, "Yo, I'm out." And uh, as soon as Victor's like, "Fine, I'll do it myself," uh, and heads up to the castle from Finnegan's estate, uh, Igor gets immediately kidnapped and like ditched in the yeah, river. Yeah, Finnegan, I don't I don't understand this because like so Finnegan, um, Igor is already out. Like he's not going, and he's done. And um, I don't understand why Finnegan decides to kill him if he's already like not going to be a hindrance. Like Victor's gonna do whatever he wants, whatever. Is it just because of like legal reasons, and he's worried that if Igor gets caught by the police, yes, he'll rat yeah. on them. Yes, that, I, is that what that is? I I think so. Absolutely. I, I, <clears throat> I think okay. that it is a. I think that it's a absolutely a thing where no loose ends, and because uh, Finnegan's whole motive, as he reveals in that like his own like sweet little monologue, uh, while. Uh, while Igor's being pitched off the bridge into the water, he's like, yo, I'm going to steal this and my family name's going to be remembered for this and like, the, I'm going to go down in history as a person that did this and he's just like throwing the money out to, uh, to claim the fame for the work. And um, so when, uh, when we finally like head into the third act, that's when they go back and cover the whole pocket watch thing, this sorely underdeveloped storyline where we get the story from Victor telling Igor on their drunken uh, whiskey night where I was out, I played out in the snow as a child, and I nearly died. And uh, I woke up with this watch in my hand. It was Henry Frankenstein's, and he's like, and like he's like, "Who's we?" You said, and he's like, "Oh yeah." And he finds out that was his brother, and his brother died that night. Like uh, Igor pieces that together. Uh, his brother saved his life, and um, you know, when he arrives at the uh, castle, and the process is in full swing. The body's up on the chains, and the uh, the uh, lightning's uh, cracking, and it's about to happen because they need that big of a charge to animate the body. They have that moment oh. where they. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. We are missing something really quick that I just yeah. want to mention. So Igor gets almost drowned, and then he manages to crawl back to Lorelai, and he sees, and he just looks at Lorelai, and he's like, "Yo, Finnegan is gonna mess up Victor. Even though I'm out, I gotta help him." Yeah, he's and that's friend. why he's at the castle. Right, he's my friend. And uh, mm-hmm. so when they get there, and uh, the they have their like re- reunite like reunion and you know it's not that great and uh we get the reveal that yeah it was my brother and that's like his igor's last ditch effort to be like look man I, you don't want to do this like th- you shouldn't do this th- this is wrong uh not for any you know holy reason but just because it's it goes against nature um that's where you get like the you know what in my frankenstein says in my mind i took my brother's life that night and i have to even the scale i have to create that's the only way that's the only way that I can uh, that I can feel uh, complete. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. that's when we finally understand that the whole the whole basis behind this thing isn't like isn't because he fears death. He doesn't fear death. What he what he fears is uh, what he fears is feeling inferior. He needs to be different. He needs to be special, and he needs to create a life in order to make up for the debt he feels he owed his brother when his brother died that night instead of him. He's steeped with that guilt for the rest of his years, and I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but like, uh, for however many years <laughs> since then, uh, the, that that's the whole reason. And so, like, when the monster finally animates, uh, which is the and like it takes forever. Like we're in like maybe the last. 15 minutes of the movie when we finally see yeah. the creature Prometheus. Yeah. And we get to the castle, right? And it's like, it's like, we, you can go to this castle and it's like, why? It's like, because that's where the third act has to happen. And so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they go there and like, uh, the, the monster finally animates <sighs> and, uh, and Frankenstein's like so excited. He can't believe it. Like, it's a very sweet moment. Like nice music's playing like, Oh, this is my creature's finally alive. This is what my life is built toward. And he's like, come to me. 
I am your brother. And he just sees that the creature is like not what he hoped it would be. And like he just like apologizes. He's like, oh, my brother Henry, forgive me for I have wronged you. This, and what does he say, Luke? This is not life. This <laughs> is not life. Live. And like yada yada. And we get the. Sh- we get the- on his chest. Oh, it's Live. so scary. And then we get the big like, this is like action movie again where we get the big showdown with the monster and Igor gets knocked out and Victor eventually kills the creature because it's like they stab it through one heart and he's like, Igor, two hearts. And like, he's got to like stab it through both hearts. It's so metal. And uh, it's like the most metal. Like, it's so weird. We're at week two and we've got a second third act monster fight, but it is like metal. I like this one uh, a lot because uh, he's got to like kill the thing he spent his whole life trying to create. It's, uh, you know, very, uh, very poetic in that regard. So, mm-hmm. uh, the next, the next morning when the dust settles and the creature's dead and like, uh, you know, the detective's dead and like Finnegan's dead, everybody's dead. There's like the only loose end is like Lorelai's like, Hey, I'm still alive and we're in love. <laughs> and he wakes up when he, when Igor comes to, he's got that letter that there's a frequent letters from Frankenstein. And this one's like, yo, look, three's a crowd, man. And you're probably sick of me anyways, but I think I know how I went wrong and I may call on you again one day, pal. So, uh, you know, for now your life's your own, but, uh. Until I until I decide otherwise, and he's just like, you will always be my greatest creation. And then we creation. cut to we cut to credits, and it's like, <laughs> okay, so what the fuck are the consequences of this movie? That's what exactly, that's that's exactly. the problem. Okay, so we um, obviously we're still new to podcasting, and I don't believe that we mentioned at the front that this is bad movie brunch. Yes, and that this whole thing is that we talk about bad movies, and so we just broke down this really intense movie. And now it's important that even though, of course, there are things about it that we love, that we think are very interesting, that there are some glaring not so oh, yeah. good points. Oh, yeah. I love this movie, but also fuck this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like what, are, what happened? So, like, you did all of this thing. Like, you did all these things, and Victor Frankenstein gets to walk away scot-free for being a piece of shit the whole movie. Like, he's... Not only that, but, like, what is with that sequel hook? I'll call on you again one day, and he's, like, love looking it. at designs for, like, what to do better. I like, dude, it. did you learn anything you learn like nothing you can't you, you you can create a body that animates but you can't create a soul that's the whole that was the whole point of this whole thing what do you mean you're still doing it even though we're years removed from this and it's, and it's, and it's obviously not happening even as i watched it last night i was like oh shit i hope they make that sequel i would be so <laughs> in just because like i said the performances are so interesting and the take on it is so like uh it's such an interesting one that uh, I would love to see them reunite, but at the same time, it pisses me off as a fan of like good storytelling. When I'm like, you mm-hmm. just, you, yeah, you didn't learn a thing. Like the whole point of a film is to see growth and progression in your titular character, and or you know, in this case, a titular character. And it's like you learn nothing, dude. Like you're still just such a bad guy. You're so crazy. And maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe, maybe the maybe that's the message is like he's so crazy that he's beyond repair and learning. Like you know what I mean? He's a sociopath, which he absolutely is. But you know. I, I I think that I think the way to fix it is uh I mm-hmm. think I think uh Igor lives but I think Victor has to die. I think that monster has to kill him uh or they kill each other and Victor needs to die in that third act sequence. So then uh it, I think I think it makes everything uh land a little bit better. Like well, that's yeah, what happens when you meddle. Yeah, it's more of a cohesive tragedy. Sure, like that's what happens when you meddle with nature and you know what? He'll finally learn from his mistake and the man who uh, claims to not fear death and cl- claims to appreciate life will finally do the one thing that we all have to do and that's die. Uh, prematurely in his case and i think that that should have been the ultimate consequence for uh all the you know terrible things and terrible actions uh throughout the film absolutely also in a rewrite um 
so the love story between Igor and Lorelai yeah. is a little yeah. bit, uh, how should I put this? Shallow. Very. Uh, it, they, they, he just kind of knows her when they're at the circus, but they yeah. don't really ever talk yeah. or interact. And um, they meet at a party later, and she barely has any lines before they at that party. She says, oh, you saved me, but that's it. There's, like, nothing to build up this attraction, aside from the fact that she's obviously very pretty. And while they do have chemistry, it's just not very, like, the foundation just isn't there. And I actually watched all of the uh, extras, because I got the iTunes dealio. And there was supposed to be this whole thing in the beginning where she's the one that gives Igor the medical test, because she knows he has interest in it. That's good. So when they burn that book later on, when after he saves her, it's heartbreaking because not only could he possibly lose this girl, but he's losing the only gift that she ever gave him. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's the only like the only subplot that's good in this movie is the detective subplot. The Lorelai subplot is like she's barely even a person. Like the character does. It's, yeah. it's like ooh, pretty girl. I like pretty girl. I'm Igor. Pretty girl likes me. Uh, and then like that's the reason they're in love with one another. Like I mean, I don't. It's like another life debt situation. Like oh, you saved me, and I know that. And it's like the same thing with Igor and Frankenstein. It's it's but not nearly as a as a complex and uh yeah but i think that why they cut that and i i I can understand why is because they wanted that those first 15 minutes to really fly and And you can't really do that if you're setting up actual no character romance she shouldn't even like i mean if we're just going to look at the movie for what it is like uh, it, th- th- almost, you could almost afford to cut out the whole thing just because she's not contributing anything to the plot other than as like in my opinion uh, a little thing to distract Igor from Victor and make Victor uh, you know resent him for it um, I do think that she's valuable in the sense that like so Igor doesn't have much context for all the weird stuff that's going on but Lorelai's like look dude that's weird she has to, like there has to be at least some person that isn't around Victor not connected to him she'll just like look at Igor and be like dude not normal yeah, I mean that's true that, but like the only other time is like when they ride their carriage up to the uh, the Scottish castle and like there's men waiting outside and stuff. Like that's the only time she's ever like, I mean quote unquote of use in terms of the plot, and that's her just going mm-hmm. and being like, "I'm a pretty girl, detectives. Don't look at, don't look away from me." And it's just like, oh man, yeah. man, it it just it, it isn't um it isn't a progressive movie. Let's say that. No, uh, aside, no, not at all. Aside from them being very gay. Which is, which is which would be progressive if they actually you know went for it. Um, it also was almost going to be weirder. I again I watched some of the deleted scenes and there was this whole weird section where before they like I can't believe this movie was going to be any longer than it already is because it's already so overstuffed. But there was going to be a point where before they go make the man. Finnegan just happened to come across a dead baby. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, revive this dead baby. And Victor does. And then he's like, cool, can't have any loose ends. The parents are already preparing the funeral. Kill the baby. Yep. And Igor's like, dude, no. Like, please don't. And Victor's like, I got to take care of this. And he's like, what? So later when he's le- like, Igor's all freaked out. He doesn't want to see anybody kill a baby. So he like is waiting outside and Victor just kind of hands him what is presumably a baby corpse. Oh, God. But then there's a little note that says uh, how little you think of me. And the baby is totally fine. Yeah. And al- still alive. And I don't know how he knows this, but he's like, go deliver the baby to the house to his parents. And uh, Igor does and the parents are all happy and i guess that's the positive use of this and that's why that may have been in there at some point but i'm so glad they cut it because instead of the ball 
that's when Igor goes to hook up Laure- with Lorelai because he's so elated right. that he was able to bring life into the world sure. that he's like, yeah, I'm so pumped. I'm going to go bang my lady. Oh, like, nice. mm, okay. nah, Bob was a better choice. I'm glad they cut that whole <laughs> yeah, thing out. Absolutely. Because then I wouldn't feel super great about Igor. And in this movie, I do like him quite a bit. So we got about five, yeah. we got about five more minutes here. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the aesthetic real fast? Like you said, you watch those extras and like, if, if you're not watching this movie for the story, even if you hate the story, I think the performances and the aesthetic and the costumes and all that is enough to, to warrant at least one watch because it is, it is a breathtaking uh, film in terms of look. Absolutely. It has this very kind of dark aesthetic and all the researchers that really wanted to create like a Victorian England kind of set up like everything from the circus to the cityscapes were all very like heavily researched and they all wanted to make sure that things that they were filming actually worked. So like a lot of the pumps and stuff are actually going, it's not CGI and the majority of the Gordon stuff, even it like that was animatronic. There are some points where it's CGI, but on the whole, they wanted to have a very kind of real kind of almost gritty look to it and it absolutely shows uh when they finally do the monster like the 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 human monster dealio at the very end like the big third act monster we all know from the frankenstein lore that monster looks incredible it looks so good and uh do you know what how they did it i didn't know if it was like actually a dude in mocap or something or if it was like a rubber suit with some cgi but it looks like it's not like steppenwolf in justice league or it's not like thanos looks in the avengers trailers it looks good it looks real it looks uh it looks like something I can touch. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe in it. it. It really, really, really struck me. I thought it looked great. It actually does look like a lot of dead guys sewed together. God, it's and, good. Oh, yeah, it's really good. They didn't, I, I don't remember that, but I do remember about that scene. They were like, yeah, if they were working with a bunch of lightning, it wouldn't make sense for them to wear any metal. Genius. So if you look at their costumes, there's no metal on any of those costumes. Suits. And they really had to figure out how to make them both look of the period scientific and not look like they would immediately electrocute themselves. Ironic since it's the most metal part of the movie. Mam and a minimum killing monsters and creating my brother. Mam and a minimum and a minimum this is not life. Um so uh where would you rank this in terms of like other Frankenstein homages? Like uh for me, I think I I think I put it in the top five, maybe. I mean there's been a lot. There's been a lot. I mean, for me, I think Frankenweenie is actually my favorite uh Frankenstein mm-hmm. homage, uh followed closely by uh Young Frankenstein. But yeah, Victor Frankenstein could fall right in behind there in three. Like I, I love this take. Like it is a, it is a very, is a very cool look on it and like spin on the characters and the story. What about you? Oh yeah, I, I love this movie. It's just the problem is that it's very exhausting. It is. Like if you're gonna sit through this the whole movie in one sitting, like it, it does drain on you. Like your day is pretty much spent. <laughs> so that's kind of a detriment to it in the ranking. But I, I still, of course, I, I love watching this movie. I think it's just such a, such a ball. And you're a Max Landis. Oh, James McAvoy. And you're a you're a Max Landis disciple, correct? Where would you rank this among his uh, screenplays? Uh oh. Um. Uh. Well, actually, there's kind of some controversy on Max Landis as of late, which we should probably talk about off the air. Okay. Yeah. But, that um, too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I enjoy this one. He actually doesn't like this movie because they apparently made a whole bunch of changes to it. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't hear him liking much of anything if I've ever heard him like in yeah. interviews and stuff. Um, yeah, for me, it's Chronicle. That's Max Landis to me. I love that movie so mm-hmm. much. But this is up there. Like I said, I think this. I think on the page, this movie works very well. And while it may be exhausting, it clocks in at like 
under two hours still. Like it's like an hour forty five before credits. I, I think it really does move, and I think uh, the performances are intriguing enough, and the story uh, is uh, fast paced enough that I think it warrants at least one watch from anybody that may be curious about it. Absolutely, I would highly recommend checking it out if you want to have like a. It, I think it's a good dumb time, really. Me too. Me too. And like you know, it's a it's a it's a highlight. It's like a crowning jewel on Radcliffe's like post uh, post Potter career. Like this guy, as you watch this movie and other movies he's done since Harry Potter, like this dude is not just Harry Potter. He turns in mm-hmm. brilliant performances day in and day out. I mean, like Swiss Army Man is something you can point to. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of people do in the sort of Daniel Radcliffe Renaissance after Harry Potter. But this movie is definitely nothing to sniff at in terms of uh, the way he uh, portrays Igor. It's such a it's such a uh, re- I would say relatable. Uh, take on a character that was formerly just reduced to a monster assistant absolutely so uh you want to close out yeah as we as we finish up you got any final thoughts about victor frankenstein or film or bad movie brunch or life in general <laughs> i would say that if you uh are interested especially if you saw split if you saw split oh, and you yeah. really enjoy james mcavoy's sure. performance in that i would absolutely check out this one because he goes just as off the wall here as he does there. Totally. This isn't, this isn't Mr. Tumness, James McAvoy. This isn't, this isn't professor Xavier, James McAvoy. This is like split James McAvoy, like filth James McAvoy. Like this is him just delving into the crazy. And like, if you want to see him yell and scream and spit a lot, he spits so much. Sometimes it's definitely on purpose. Um, like, uh, this is, this is the movie for you then my friends. Well, uh, signing off for week two, uh, another episode of bad movie brunch in the books. We'll return, uh, ASAP with another bad movie. We are still considering a few options. Uh, but, uh, no matter what I promise, the movie will be bad. It will be good. And we will brunch about, <laughs> and we will brunch about it. So oh, yeah, we will brunch hard. Signing off for bad movie brunch. I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. Have a good one, guys.